0: Welcome to the Joyful Educational Leadership Podcast, a podcast for school and district leaders who want to wake up and be excited to go to work, ensure that teachers are happy, students are joyful, and parents are engaged and make a positive difference in the lives of those they serve. Your host, Dr. Donna Marie Kozine, will share tips, tricks, and proven strategies to increase joy in your staff, students, and yourself.
1: Hello, welcome to season two, episode three of Joyful Educational Leadership. Today, I am so excited to have Daniel Danny Bauer with me. He is an unorthodized ruckus maker who has mentored thousands of school leaders through his Better Leaders, Better Schools blog, books, podcast, and powerful coaching experiences. His most recent book, Mastermind, Unlocking Talent Within Every School Leader, is a book that reimagines what professional development for school administrators looks like in order to meet the needs of all school leaders who currently feel isolated and overwhelmed. Danny, welcome to my podcast.
0: DMC. Thank you for inviting me and congrats on season two's launch. You know, it's wonderful how you're showing up and serving school leaders. Really
1: appreciate Thank you. you. Thank you. Thank you so much. And um, in my intro to the podcast this year is my goal was to really reach out to people who some I know and some I don't. I didn't know Danny before reaching out to him, but people I really think embody the idea of Joyful experiences in school. So I yeah. want to start by you telling us about this whole ruckus makers movement that you have.
0: <laughs> yeah, you know it's it's a it's a nod of the cap to one of my mentors and heroes. And so you may be familiar or maybe not with uh, Seth Godin. You know, in his work, mm-hmm. uh, but he he's always talking about making a ruckus, right? And he's had such a profound. I've read all his books. I've done many of his courses. Uh, the flagship offers one called the Alt MBA. And I was a student there and I now coach for that program. But long story short, uh, making a ruckus is what I'm all about. And it's not like being in the kitchen, hitting pots and pans and driving your parents crazy. Making a ruckus is uh, sometimes not asking for permission, right? It's certainly thinking outside of the box. But I do frame it as making a positive change in education, right? Because just causing problems and that kind of, that's not good. That's not what we're about. But we know that schools need to evolve and leadership needs to evolve. And so that's how I show up and try to serve school leaders by making a ruckus.
1: Yeah, we were just... I was just thinking, you know, ruckus does have a negative connotation, but I love how you flip the script, right? So ruckus, making a ruckus in schools is actually a good thing, you know, really creating these schools where people can thrive. So tell us how you came up with the idea for um, Better Leaders, Better Schools, and uh, a little bit about your background.
0: So the idea was out of my own pain, you know, honestly, and and scratching my own itch. And what what I've learned now that I've been running it since 2015, right, I like, I can't even believe that in in itself. Uh, But so many awesome things that are created in the world are just solving your own pain points. Mm -hmm. So my lived experience, DMC, I don't know if this was yours. But for me, serving in multiple districts, I always wanted to optimize my leadership and be the best version of myself as I could be as a school leader. But what I found is that districts didn't have those training opportunities or weren't offering them to me. And so I'm at a crossroads, right? Do I throw myself a pity party and try to earn the award for like the administrator that has it the worst around the world, or do I take control of my own development? And so that's that I took that route. Right. And I started better leaders, better schools, which was, uh, you know, first a podcast before like the organization and the business side of things. And I figured if I talk to leaders, just like you, DMC, right. With great experience and learn from your stories of success and failure. And most importantly, take action on one idea you teach me, you know, then I knew that my skill set would grow. What I couldn't anticipate is that people would really resonate with that message that I was putting out there. They'd start, you know, knocking on my door and they would ask for help. And that podcast absolutely changed my life. So that is why I started Better Leaders, Better Schools.
1: I love that. And I'm going to be completely transparent with you, Danny. When I saw your stuff on LinkedIn, I was actually, um, what's the word? I was intimidated by you, because you just looked like you had all of your your act together, right? And I'm so glad that we met each other. And I'm so glad that you took your particular pain, right? And turned it into something that leaders can can use. And you're helping so many people across the country and probably the world, which is amazing. I want to just say something that you said that really resonated with me, which is what I find is... I truly believe people think that once somebody becomes an educational leader, they don't need support. And that is so wrong. Right. I mean, we we know that because we as educational leaders, we craved it. When I was an elementary principal, I had 506 students in my building. I didn't have an assistant principal. I had a part time Mm. guidance counselor and a school nurse like that was my whole team. Fortunately, my mother was an assistant superintendent and I could call her and run through these things. But leadership is lonely. And if you don't have that core group or a core group to work with, you're never going really to get better. How do you?
0: I mean, no, I I think you just you hit it on the head. there. Leadership is incredibly isolating. And uh, there was a book I read back in 2015 called The Enemies of Excellence by Patrick Lencioni. Uh, he was on my podcast years ago too, but uh, he goes through ten enemies, right? In terms of enemies of excellence, and number one is just isolation, right? So I, I never forgot that isolation is the number one enemy when it comes to leadership and excellence.
1: Absolutely, and I think also the other thing that happens to us as leaders is when we first become leaders, we're almost afraid to tell people we need help, you know, yeah. and because. It's put out there that we're supposed to be able to know it all and do it all. But it's really not the case. We need people like you and people like me to work with schools and districts to say, let's support your leaders. Because one bad Mm -hmm. leader can undo years of success for a school. And that's why it's so important. So tell me a little bit about the school that you were the principal of.
0: Yeah, so that's down in uh, Houston, Texas. And, you know, my funny story there is that I I call it my my first and last rodeo. 'cause I was only there a year, right uh-huh. and so when you talk about intimidation and i I'll get to the story in like middle school, but you talk about intimidation and and sometimes like imposter syndrome and that kind of stuff uh-huh. I'm glad that you thought my stuff was polished, you know, and i'm I'm sad to hear like the imposter syndrome type stuff but the 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 way to get to the polish is by consistently showing up right, and so what for for your you know the the listeners here That's one uh, encouragement and challenge I have for them is to just keep showing up no matter what and know that you're getting better, even when nobody's paying attention or maybe it's not your best just yet, but you will get better if you continue to show up and be consistent. And that's something about me. Like I do take a lot of, I take massive action and I do it consistently and that has paid off. So flipping the imposter syndrome, I haven't started a school like you have, right? I don't have the, the years of experience that you have in, in, in leadership. I don't have a, a doctorate, you know, in, in those kind of things. And if I get into my head and compare, it's like no good. And so, another tip for the listener as well is just like, don't compare yourself to others. Compare yourself only to yourself, right? And how you've grown, reflect, look back, and, and make a bulleted list, right? Like a journal. Like, what have you done over the last three years? And if you do that, like, I can remember when I did, what have I accomplished in the last one year, three years, and 10 years? I did that in the Denver airport like three months ago. And I still have like the positive feelings from that moment. Because it's amazing to see like how much you've grown and all that. So that brings us to Houston, Texas. That was a really bad, uh, not bad, sorry. That was a really hard experience for me. That was my first and last principalship. And I'm not sure if I stuck around If I would have stayed there or gotten fired, I had a very, very positive relationship with my supervisor. This is the quick story. Very positive relationship with the community, supervisor, all that kind of stuff. Then somewhere in October, everything changed. I stepped on a landmine DMC that I'm still not sure what, what I did, right? But everything changed. I know it wasn't just her. I'm sure there was incredible pressure, but it was like, get this dude out of here. And I started experiencing stuff I'd never experienced in my whole professional life, where I've been an A player, literally in every setting, right? Top teacher, won all the awards, Avid lead, lead Avid, lead Avid in Chicago, right? From a district level, in in, in whatever. So I've, I've I've done things, but here I am, and I know. Don't get me wrong. There's so much to learn, and it's not like I'm perfect and don't make mistakes. But all of a sudden, there's like questions about my leadership, right? And, and other things happen too. You know, the podcast is still going on and I'm doing that on the side, outside of school hours and that kind of thing. But I start getting feedback. You know, you're not even the leader you talk about on the show. I'm like, whoa, what? Ouch, right? This kind of stuff. And literally getting written up every single week, every week, Holy cow! over amazing, like just the tiniest little things like. But that's not that's not important to the story. It was super, super hard. And I tell that because you talk about your mess is your message. Right. Mm -hmm. And at the time, even though I was running better leaders, better schools on the side and I'm, I'm talking, I'm working with like maybe seven school leaders at nights outside of school hours. The podcast is weekends and evenings, you know, social media, all that's all automated. I'm not doing anything during the school day. I have this opportunity. Things are very tough. I'm not sure that they'd renew my contract if I'd stay. And other people that want to grow are growing. So the results are there. And it's super fun to support them. So I say, you know what? What if I go into this full time? What might happen? And I, I told my uh, partner, we were, we were engaged, getting married. Uh, Give me a year to figure it out. If I fail, there's plenty of schools they need. Schools need principals and there's international schools. And I'm not, I'm not against going back to the classroom. I I never wanted to be a principal or an AP, you know, that's, that's another story too, but I love the classroom. So I had plenty of options, but I figured, you know what, I'm going to try this and if it works, it works. And it might just change my life and it did. And so I had a tough experience there in Houston, but I'll tell you what, like I said, the, the leaders I support, They've become principals of the year of their states. You know what I mean? They've published books. They want to speak at conferences. They figured that out. They've created world-class cultures. And uh, an important part of this story is I used to want to like not get revenge, but I wanted to prove them wrong, if that makes sense. You know, I don't know if you can relate to that. And I was carrying that weight and that, that negativity and that grudge for so long. And then finally, there was this moment in my mom's house down in Florida The sun was shining through the window in her kitchen, and I'm there at my laptop, and I I accomplished a few milestones. My first book came out. It was September 2018, and it came out as like Amazon, you know, hot new release type of thing, number one on the charts. I had met or exceeded a revenue goal that I had established for myself just to make sure I could put food on the table. And I had uh, exceeded a goal for the number of leaders I wanted to support. And in that moment, the sun's shining in. I feel like it like melted the ice around my heart, right? Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, instead of wanting to prove them wrong and that kind of thing, I just let it go. And I realized this was a gift because that was the push you needed to show up and, and follow this path and live that out fully. And I, I probably wouldn't have done it if I would have been super successful in that school. I would have been comfortable. I would have stayed there. I would still be serving seven leaders on the side. And uh, you think about impact, 1800 kids at that, you know, at that uh, school there, let's just say a thousand kids on average, there's, there's over 80 people in our leadership community now, you know, and then there's the podcast. So the impact is there. So that's,
1: yeah, the exact that's, thing that's, that's I was, a bit of my story. That is the exact thing I was going to say, right? So if you're a principal of one school, you impact the kids there. But if you're a coach of leaders of all these other schools, your impact has now just double tripled you know, 80 times, you know, whatever, whatever it is. So yeah, it's so important and you never know why we're in situations that we're in, but I I wanted to say that I'm, I'm so glad that the sunshine, you know, and that whole situation, (laughs) I had a whole vision of where you were. You were by a pool, by the way, in the backyard of your mother's house is where I I envisioned that. But um, I always say that one of the things that leaders we have to do is we have to practice forgiveness and give grace and sometimes mm-hmm. it's hard for us to do that to our, for ourselves. And we, when we forgive people, we're not forgiving them for them. We're forgiving them for us. Because if we yeah, don't, yeah, yeah. then we're not going to be able to move past it. And you're always going to have that situation. And as leaders in general, people are going to dislike decisions that we make. You know, We're not making everybody happy all the time. So it's mm-hmm. really important to just kind of breathe it in and breathe it out. You know, and I would always Mm -hmm. say, if I can look at myself in the morning and I know that the decision I'm making is what's good for children, then I'm good. You know, that I'm good and I'll, you know, I'll take the shots if I have to. But I also want to say, talk about something else you said. I want to share this with um, my listeners. You talked about writing down a list of what you've accomplished. And actually Mm -hmm. on my phone, Somebody, a coach that I worked with had us do this. And I'm going to show it for those of you who are looking on YouTube. Excuse my language. It's called the badass list. Yes. So you, you make a list of all the times that you've been a badass, right? And then you have it somewhere. And and it's not just about like, I'll read the first. One was my first summer. I conquered infertility. I gave myself hundreds of shots to keep my babies healthy, right? And then I talk about, oh yeah, I, I did a couple of triathlons. I started a school. When you go through and you create this badass list, when you have that moment, like, who am I? You just open yeah. it up and you're like, well, wait a minute. I've done some pretty totally. cool things, right? And, and sometimes yeah. we do need to be our biggest advocates. So for those of you listening, create your badass list, put it on your phone like I have it in your notes so that you can uh, look and check it out. So, Danny, my whole thing is about joyful schools. So, tell me why you think joy is
0: essential. I mean, it just should, shouldn't life be fun and joyful, right? Like, if it's not, maybe we're getting it wrong. I, I, I like to have nice big belly laughs, you know? So, the, the positive light side of me is uh, somebody who, who's easy to talk to, a lot of fun, share laughs, you know, that kind of thing. And then the dark side is when I take stuff too seriously or take myself too seriously. And so uh, I, just, I just like the feeling going through uh, the, <laughs> the, this experience and enjoying it in a joyful and fun way. So if it's not that, like, what is going on? In the first book I wrote, By Leaders, By School's Roadmap, I said, uh, you know, when you think about the most magical place in the, in the world, right? They, they, Disney says that that's it. Schools should be that, right? Like, why is Disney that, you know? People go there for this magical experience, and yeah, they have the rides and, and, and the budget and that kind of thing. But, you know, see, the, don't discount what you could create at your school because you don't have that. You have the most important part, the students. It's their imaginations. It's their wonder. It's like, why is, the, why is the sky blue? Why is there clouds, you know, and all this kind of stuff. And if you tap into that potential, like every school could be and should be the most magical place in the world for the community you serve. And so that's, that's the type of stuff that gets me excited and gets me out of bed, you know, and those are the kind of conversations we have in our, our leadership community, like how do we make that happen? And then that's all about back to the ruckus maker ethos and, you know, showing up and then making it a reality, you know?
1: I love that. I love that. And I, and I even say to people, imagine, think about if you've ever had a job you didn't like, what was that like mm-hmm. for you? Imagine if if that were you, you as a student, you're in the one place for eight hours mm. and you hate it. Imagine what that's like, and and the yeah. implications for that are so long coming. If you hate school and are not engaged in school, so Danny, I ask yeah. all of my guests two questions, and then I'm going to wrap up and find out how my people can get in touch with you. So my first yeah. question is: What is your most your first most joyful memory?
0: the first one it's i don't know what age i am maybe like around six or something like that but uh we went to like this one of those medieval type of fairs you Uh know where people are like acting it out and that kind of thing And my mom allowed me to purchase a wooden shield and sword, and i just remember you know i and i would go and play and be like peter pan or something in the backyard But that that's just my thing. I remember getting those toys. I still wish I had them, you know, I'd like put them on the wall or something. But that's that's a memory I have. And then, you know, just playing in the neighborhood with other kids or my sister and that kind of thing. Carolyn probably hates it. She wouldn't like me telling this story. I used to she was she was younger than me too, but I'd I'd ride her like a horse, right? She'd have to get on her, her hands and knees, and I would have my sword and stuff. And uh, anyway, so what a trooper. I love my sister so much.
1: Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> I love my sister and my brother too. My brother's name is Daniel Daniel, Danny also. So I have this yeah. uh, affinity for you, I guess, because of my brother. And then awesome. what's the most recent joyful experience that you've had?
0: Yeah, I think the the most recent one it's not the sword and shield. It's, it's a family meeting, right? We finally have on our calendar, my wife and I have been talking about this forever and we just never made it happen. And honestly, I had a, I had a mirror moment kind of like cause you were on my podcast, you know, and where you talked about your partner saying, Hey, we didn't sign up for this type of thing. And, um, I just had this mirror moment where I'm not taking my family as seriously as I I'm taking growing my organization. And that's wrong. My priorities are off, and uh, uh, it wasn't something that she said. I think it's just me noticing that over time. And so we finally have on on the calendar uh, Monday, Wednesday, Friday at nine a.m. So don't call me at nine a.m. But from nine to nine thirty, it's family meeting time, and we have coffee and tea. You know, we can cuddle, but we just we knock out things and talk about family. And uh, it it seems like a little thing, but it brings me a ton of joy because there's so much momentum and excitement from that one little meeting that we have. And uh, it's really important to me. So that, that brings me tons of joy, for sure.
1: Oh my gosh, I love that. I have to try and incorporate that into my, my marriage too. Because even just connecting for that short amount of time pays dividends for so much longer, right? Instead of yeah. like passing oh. each other in the hallway as you're dropping one kid off and picking another one up. As we, right now, as we're recording this, my husband's in Florida on his um annual golf trip. So that's one thing that we support nice. each other in. Like he goes on a boy's trip and I go on a girl's trip. And then this year for the first time ever, we took a trip, two of us, our daughter's 12 first time in 12 years, we've been away from the kids for more than one night. So it oh, is wow. so important for that balance. And I love that idea. And I want to try that. So, Danny, how do my listeners find you?
0: Super easy, DMC, you know, betterleadersbetterschools.com. That's the name of the podcast too, Better Leaders, Better Schools. Email daniel at betterleadersbetterschools.com. And my cell is 312-788-7595. So those are all the ways, like I'm pretty easy to find all over social I'm um, alien earbud, which is an anagram for my name, Daniel Bauer. I take oh the that's so funny. around. Alien earbud, yeah. I love it. Old, old English teacher, right? So I like word games. And uh, anyways, I was taking my taking my name and just trying to spell other stuff. And I just I like the image, right? We have AirPods in, and so alien earbud is yeah. I love social it.
1: handle. <laughs> and I'll put all of that in the show notes too. So anybody can reach out to you, but this has been, thank you. So if you ask me my most joyful experience recently, it was this. I have enjoyed spending uh, time with you, Danny, so much. And I know that uh, our professional lives will, will cross sooner than later. And uh, as we both continue mm-hmm. to serve leaders across the country and the world. So thank you so much. This is Danny Bauer from Better Leaders, Better Schools. Check him out and uh, signing off the Joyful Educational Leaders podcast.
0: This has been another edition of the Joyful Educational Leadership podcast. If you've enjoyed this episode, be sure to leave us a review on iTunes and share it with friends and colleagues. If you'd like to join our mailing list, please go to www.joyfuleducationalleadership.com where you can learn more about how you can become the joyful leader you were meant to be.